analysis listeners. Before we get into the conversation on It Chapter 2 with Bobby Peterson and Kathleen's story today, I wanted to remind you guys, if you haven't already, to please like and subscribe if you're brave enough. Give us a review if you so choose, maybe five stars if you're feeling it. Write some comments below. We love to hear your thoughts and enjoy your interaction, so looking forward to seeing some of that action on our page. And that's all I gotta say. Enjoy the show. <laughs> For 27 years, I dreamt of you. I craved you. I missed you. Analysis listeners, welcome back to the podcast. Want to welcome in a longtime friend of the podcast, but first time guest, Miss Kathleen Story. Hi, Kathleen. Hi, Bob. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yes, we're excited to have you. And of course, today we're going to be talking it chapter two. We're talking about something perverse. We're talking about something <laughs> dark and twisted. So we have to have your boyfriend on, Mr. <laughs> Bobby Peterson, he's got a dirty little secret only Pennywise knows. <laughs> What's up, analysis listeners? What's going on? And before we get into our chop today on the hottest $91 million movie that was made over the weekend, uh, the, the It Chapter 2, I want to give you guys an opportunity to plug your project. So you guys have a joint couple podcast. You guys want to... Explain a little bit about what that is, because I think a lot of our listeners would actually like your material as well. So what is this, Bobby? Uh, we have a podcast together called Hops and Fears. It is the podcast that pairs a craft beer with a horror movie. That's correct. Um, we take a um, horror movie. Most of the time, I've never seen them, because I'm not a super huge fan of horror movies. I actually kind of hate them. And we pair it with a craft beer that somehow relates to the movie, whether it's something that happens in the movie, the title of the movie, yeah. a character in the movie. So, yeah, this is a fun experiment because Bobby Peterson, as our people who have listened to some of his analysis before, normally comes on for horror movies, but he's a big horror movie fan. And you guys started dating and you really hadn't seen anything or had any reference <laughs> nope. level. I've never nope. seen, I've never even seen any of the classics. Like on our fifth date I watched The Shining for the first time yes how dare you and then a few weeks later we watched Silence of the Lambs that I had never seen before it's yeah. not like I had seen like the cult like the like the pop culture ones like The Ring and yeah. The Grudge and I hated every second of it <laughs> but I had never seen any anything else besides that so yeah so as a as a good partner you're going to dive in and you're going to give it your best shot so you guys have kind of captured the experience of you diving into this genre because you've always been kind of a movie person you're yeah. actually little little known fact you're a two-time oscar party champion I ballot am. winner that is a fact so the our analysis fans sometimes follow us and they can see the oscar party yeah. kathleen's won twice yeah. in four years which is really difficult to do yes. but uh, and both of them very funny because yes. it was it was 
Green Book and then the, the Moonlight. Moonlight. Yeah. And the Moonlight was really funny because <laughs> everyone had thought someone else won yeah. for La La Land. So as I was taking the award away from that person and giving it, it was almost side by side with what was happening in real life. <laughs> but you didn't really watch the... So so you guys started watching this and recording your conversations and, and discoveries on it. But you also pair a, a beer along with it because you're, you're both into craft beer. So can you give me an example of... Like one movie and a beer that you paired together. Like, how did that work? Yeah. So just recently, our most recent episode, we did the 1986 classic with Jeff Goldblum, The Fly. The Fly. And the beer we did with it was by Avery Brewing Company, and it was called Bug Zapper. Okay. So bugs fly. So yeah, you always kind of. So the top of the episode, it's normally five minutes or so on this beer, how it was Mm -hmm. made, maybe the brewing company, and then you guys go into the movie talk. That's correct. Really fun. Um, And and Bobby, did you get kind of motivated by coming on here and then you kind of decided or how did just the idea to to do the podcast come along in general? So prior to my first experience recording with you with Analysis, I was on another friend's podcast, now defunct podcast. And that was a lot of fun. Again, it was like kind of horror movie based and we just got on to like talk, Mm -hmm. it was the three of us at the time talk shit about a movie called The Descent, which is a movie I love. I yeah. hate it. <laughs> it's apropos. Yeah. Um, but no, and then doing it with you where like we like pick a, a specific movie and just like kind of like talk it out, talk our thoughts and everything like that. And then, well, Kathleen had the idea for Hops and Beers because we were watching a horror movie. She was giving like commentary out loud, like, nope, don't do that. Mm-hmm. You're dumb. I hate this. Why is this happening? But we're, of course, we're drinking beer during it. And she's like, we should make this a podcast where yeah. we're like, well, how do we combine horror movies with beer? Two things that, that I know I love. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're, you're a budding horror head. I will say that. I don't know if it's that um, budding. So we decided to, to make it a pairing because there's lots of movie podcasts. There's lots of beer podcasts. Let's combine those and, and thematically pair them. That's okay. the whole hook of the podcast. Yeah. I, I really love the idea. It's it's creative, and you guys get to really a lot of the fun is how are we going to make these two? How are we going to find a beer? Like what's the beer? And then you're 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 making new discoveries with, yeah. with beer as well. So if you're into either beer or movies or horror movies, give them a look. And speaking of a budding horror head, we're talking it chapter two. Young Stanley's head rolls out of this fridge <laughs> and sprouts legs almost like a budding horror head. So I'm going to try to make that transition work. There we go. But we're talking we're talking the movie, the second the second installment. It is probably one of the more anticipated movies this year and came in and really has been the only thing besides maybe Avengers and besides Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that's made money this summer. So clearly there was a lot of hype around this movie. Especially because of the casting of a lot of the adult stars. Lots of big names. Bill Hader, McAvoy, Jessica Chastain, and then others. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They kind of blew their load with those. Yeah, And then Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, Yeah, and Bill Skarsgård was back, and and really, Pennywise, what a fun character for anyone to play. Seriously. Like, Tim Curry killed it back in the Mm -hmm. original miniseries, and then this is really an iconic horror, and you, you... Especially around Halloween season, you see his oh, cartoon yeah. painted on walls. Or he's almost yep. becoming a, a, around Chicago, at least a, a, almost a Banksy type of figure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's a, he's an iconic horror. There's a band icon. called Pennywise. Yeah, yeah. Was is it one of their songs "We All Float" or they have an album called "We All Float"? I'm sure there's a reference in yeah. there. Yeah, sure. you know, weird story. So when I was a kid. Uh, our gym teacher would always have during lunchtime. He would have these uh, tournaments, these sports tournaments. So sometimes it was floor hockey, sometimes it was dodgeball, stuff like that. And your class got to pick your team name, 
And I always remember in sixth grade, we were like the Red Wings or something, or like my team was. But there was a team called Pennywise. And it was, and I think it was because the, 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 the kid who had a lot of influence in that class was really into, not the movie, but the band. Yeah, that made so that, they, that, that so like, it was like It was like Red Wings. The cheeseburgers, <laughs> fucking Pennywise. <laughs> One of these doesn't yeah, exist. I wonder, the, yeah, I wonder if the teacher was like, "What the? Fuck? <laughs> what are these eight-year-olds getting in there?" But anyway, um, so and and so this movie, I, I want to get your opinion first before I unload mine. But what did you guys think of this? I liked it more than Chapter One. I agree. And, and what? I agree. Okay. Okay. Right. And. From reading the internet, both before and after we saw the movie, that's definitely not the popular opinion. Nope. By any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, maybe I'm, I'm a little skewed because I am a big horror fan. I really love Stephen King. I've read this book. I feel like this one nailed the tone of the book a lot more. Okay, so this is book This is book person versus movie person, a conversation that we've had many a time. <laughs> right. So you're a book guy. Yeah, You've seen sure. the book. Are you, we've read the book. <laughs> All right. So and, and so you like when movies stick to the book. Damn if it's got good pace. Damn if the story structure is going to work. They did what they did in the book, and so I like that. So that's interesting. You don't think this movie had good pace? I thought it had a horrible pace. Really? Okay, I thought, that's the biggest criticism I definitely I thought see it about this movie. it was paced very well, personally. Oh, I thought man. it flowed. I, like, I know it was almost three hours long, but I did not feel like I just watched it almost three hour long movie. So what were some things that aligned with the book that you liked? The final confrontation was as big and as epic as it needed to be. Okay. They definitely made some changes. There's way more cosmic, would have been like a thousand percent more CGI added to it, more than, I mean, there's tons of CGI in that scene, obviously. There's CGI where it doesn't need to be. Yeah. Like, the kids are CGI. That's my biggest gripe with both chapters, is the CGI, I don't think, is very good. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so, okay, for example, so first of all, the kids have aged since they shot the last movie, so they needed to make them look younger. I, I couldn't watch any of the scenes with the kids because it was so distracting. It was like, especially like uh, Ben. Like yeah. Ben yeah. Was looking really he looked weird. like yeah. He or looked like an animated. Finn Wolfhard looked like he was the baby filter on Snapchat. Yes, yeah, baby filter like a... on Snapchat is a great way <laughs> yeah. to describe it. And then their voice was even. They the, obviously did a lot of vo- yeah. post alteration in the audio. The voice. So all these scenes and the kids, the kids are, obviously were the best part of the first one. Yeah, but it's also just the perspective of. Scary things happening in the kids is way more frightening than yes. scary things happening to Bill Hader or James McAvoy. I Just as agree. an a, watching adults get spooked out by a monster is not as not as cool or not as frightening for, to me at least. So, and that was always the problem with the original version was the back half of the miniseries wasn't as scary because it was the adults. Yeah, I get that. And but I did like now is this in the book or not? Where they had the the hate crime and they throw the guy in the river. Yes, so that is the crime that that restarts the character. And it's life. a hate crime against. Absolutely, wow. it is a hate crime. Um, is it a hate crime against homosexuality? Yes. Oh, interesting. So, like the, okay. the movie absolutely nailed that, and, and especially. Like, it's a horrifying scene. It's a hell of a way to start your movie, especially... Like, I was ready for it, having read the book. So I'm curious, like, what your take... Both of your takeaways, like, opening a movie with, with a hate crime well, that starts the Pennywise stalking Derry again. Well, I mean, wow. Wow, in terms of being able to have your finger on the pulse all the way back when that book was written. Yeah. Because I thought that the hate crime was kind of a, a modern realization of some other sort of assault and it's like this is what assault looks like in 2019 okay but i did understand you gotta kill an adult 
because now you're going to put adults into this atmosphere. You need to know that Pennywise doesn't just eat kids. Because the whole right. first movie, you think he just eats kids. Mm-hmm. But when you have him then murder the the adult in the river, then it's like, okay, everybody's fair game now. Yeah, like, the, exactly. the adults can die. Yep. And so, like, I understood from a plot element why that happened, but I, I thought it was just kind of a, a more modern realization, and it was also, like, super woke and, yeah. and on, on yeah. the nose with the times. I didn't know that he'd actually written that in the first one, so yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely a hate crime, because one thing I, I do feel like was really lacking in this one, especially compared to the first one, the first one really focuses in on, like, the, the quote, rot and dairy, meaning, like, when the kids are, like, in trouble, adults turn their back, and that's, that's more of, like, the supernatural element of the town of Derry and the evil that works within. I feel like that was missing in this movie um, because definitely the hate crime that happens in the top of Chapter 2 is definitely reminiscent of how the rot of Derry and how backwards Derry is. Okay. So, I mean, I, I see those elements. Uh, I... Because I've only seen the original miniseries, so that's all I have to go about. But that was also very much skewed from the book as of well. Course. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so it stuck to the book. I, the, the parts about the pacing that, that were challenging for me was the whole, we need to get a token, we're all going to split up. So then you see this person's scary scene. Now, now here comes Eddie's scary scene. Now we're going to do Richie's scary scene. And so it was very much just kind of moving from one element to the other and there's so many goddamn people in the losers yeah, club that it was like oh another fucking guy you know and then and then you're also like their their fears are re-manifesting themselves so some right. of them are having the same fear as when they were kids yeah it's because they, so, they forgot about these fears but then yeah. they go to dairy and it comes back to them so i guess it i guess that's why i, I felt a little disinterested because i'd already seen things like that mm-hmm. and to kind of lay it in one more time Kathleen's point about there's too much CGI. So, the one that was really stood out to me as a, as a, a frightening moment that became kind of lame was when Bev goes to her old yes. house and there's the old the yes. old woman and yeah. she's like scampering around mm-hmm. in the shadows nude and you're like I'm thinking room room what 523 or whatever I'm thinking the old, decrepit old woman from Shining right. is gonna come out and we're gonna have this like and it's yeah. it, we're gonna have this like fucking grotesque like fucking image and then it's like this giant like, this, like, yeah she's like eight, eight foot feet tall, person tall with like a three and, foot long face yeah she's basically a cartoon yeah. and it's like okay yeah, I agree cool. you know and then the only time it becomes frightening again is when she's on her way out and Pennywise the first time you see Pennywise the only time you see Pennywise without makeup on He's doing the bit. Like, yeah. that was pretty crazy. That was yeah. that was very unnerving. That was effective. Again, that was like a real thing with, like, the makeup And then, like, and... scratched his face to have his red lines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty... Yeah, I, I thought that that was good. I honestly thought all of the kill scenes with the kids were well done. Yeah. Like, I thought... This movie definitely didn't shy away from that. Yeah. You don't get a whole lot of that in the first one. Obviously, you get Georgie in the, in the beginning of chapter one, mm-hmm. which starts the whole thing. But I was shocked... That we got two kid deaths in this one. And the mirror, the mirror maze was the absolute worst one. Did that? Did the trailers spoil that for you guys at all? Because it's kind of spoiled it a little for me. The mirror if maze. I had, if I had not seen, because a lot of the mirror maze was in the trailer. Definitely. Mm-hmm. You saw the you saw the glow in the dark clown swinging. Yeah. And then you saw McAvoy in the mirror maze, and then you even saw the tongue coming up the uh, yeah. the mirror, right. and then him bashing his head even, and McAvoy kicking the glass, and all of that was part of the trailer promotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought the kid was going to get away because they showed so much in the trailer. I had the You're expectation like of like, oh, out. he's going to break in and save this kid. And be like, you know, good guy, man, leading man. 
But no, when the kid was like eaten and like blood explodes, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. They're going for it. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of, I actually anticipated the different. I was like, oh, this kid's definitely going to get it. I, I, I thought for sure. But uh, it, that was a pretty cool image of just the light coming on and off. So you'd see some blood, then you'd see McAvoy, then you'd see the, the like yeah. the bloody thing, and then Pennywise is gone. And uh, I just, okay, so I, I had issues with the pacing. I felt bored at times. Um, you guys seem to, to be pretty engaged in that. What did you think about the performances in general? Was there anybody that you thought won the movie or felt strongly about in general? I think Bill Hader 100% stole that movie. Like, yeah. I love Bill Hader, and I think that he... We were actually talking to friends that we ran into the next night after we saw it, and they were like, we thought Bill Hader was underutilized. And I was like, really? I thought Bill Hader was perfect in that role. Like, his line delivery was... Just how he said things, I was like, that's hilarious. Um, I felt that Bill Skarsgård was underutilized. I personally felt yeah. like Pennywise was underutilized. He's, he's also, 90% CGI in this one, yeah. unfortunately. And yeah. because in the first one, he like he is even kind of unnerving because like the one scene that I remember vividly from the first one is when he's waving the disembodied hand. Yeah. Like, he's <laughs> funny. He's terrifying, but he's funny. And I felt like there was maybe three minutes of Bill Skarsgård in this movie. And it makes me sad because he's such a good Pennywise. Like, he's unnerving. His face, what he can do with his face, what he can do with his eyes, what he can do with his mouth. Like, he is... His lips are really fucked up. Yes. Yeah. The way his, his bottom lip kind of curls yeah. up. And, that, and, and he the, the can drill. do that. And he can do that. Like, I, I just felt like he did not get enough screen time in this one as he did in the yeah, first they, one. They wanted to kind of... It almost, to me, felt a little bit like when they did The Dark Knight and they wanted to finally get... Batman out of the dark and out of the shadow so they found more opportunities to have him fighting the Joker in a hotel or fighting the Joker in that uh, jail cell or something. He was just in light so you could see him more mm-hmm. and it felt like the first one Pennywise is always kind of in a sewer or always lurking in a shadow and he, he had all this mystery behind mm-hmm. him which I liked and yeah. then there would just be these sudden moments where he'd pop out with the hand. Yeah. Right? This one he's definitely just out and about a lot more. Yeah. He's yeah. just out there and then obviously there's the scene without the makeup which I him without the makeup is even scarier than with the makeup on sometimes yeah. and him like applying it I, I really liked that for some reason I did really like that scene a lot too I I loved and felt super sorry for Baby Pennywise at the end of the movie <laughs> <laughs> did you guys have sympathy for Baby Pennywise? no I was like oh <laughs> I think it was adorable yeah but it I didn't like really melts feel, into that yeah, fucking thing whatever and that was really cool effects too yeah. just like slinking back into like like, yeah. said, like, baby, like where it just gets like so concave like so that they can actually just just so yeah. effortlessly yeah. pull his heart like, out the whole and... thing of like kind of like when Bev hands Eddie the thing like what, what can this do is like this will kill Pennywise if you believe it does uh-huh. and they just take that notion and just run with it yeah you know Penny, you Pennywise is only it. what you make him out to be yes. which is why they gang up on him and it's like you're small you're nothing and they yeah, just like which just like, bully him into nothing yeah. essentially and why so many times they were able to get out of what they were in by saying it's not real it's not real it's not real yeah uh-huh. yeah because the, the being of Pennywise feeds off of fear and if yeah. you don't fear it it loses that power yeah I mean, I'm guessing those are themes in the book because Absolutely, it seems to stick yeah. pretty Especially when they're the kids because kids are more afraid of everything. Yeah. And when you're an adult, <laughs> you're supposed to be more brave. 
and that's the whole thing of like the dairy thing how they have to like relive some of their trauma is yeah, I mean, I they're guess just reigniting that part of them that, 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 they, that they grew up and lost it's probably going to play a lot better next Halloween when you watch them consecutively and so yeah. that the callbacks because it just seems like old hat like going through the house again seeing another thing come out of that crusty fridge yeah. seeing them go to the doors again scary not scary very scary you know, it's like like just like going through the same motions again just kind of was like oh we're, we're, we're back here and it, I guess it makes sense because these are the, this was a shit they were afraid of as kids so now they're they're getting the memories back it's manifesting itself again but right. I, again it's just for my engagement in it I I, I didn't feel it, feel as strong Bill Hader is important because of the comic relief yeah, it's a very, this movie was hilarious. Yeah, it's very so funny. Like funny parts. Yeah. The, what's the first ever time you guys tracked comic relief? Because I I reflected on it on my way home from the movie theater. The first time Ooh, I ever felt comic relief was Armageddon and Steve Buscemi. <laughs> and I just want to feel the power between my legs, brother. Or I want you to go buy yourself a neck. Or like he had all these like little one-liners, and it's. The movie was supposed to be taking itself seriously or right. be yeah. stressful. In hindsight, not not at all. But <laughs> I just remember as a kid being like, "This motherfucker is killing it! Like everything <laughs> shit is going down, and this dude is still laugh, making me laugh." Yeah. And so you know, you had these like really Bill Hader at the, the the great moment where they're all in that that underground layer that they built or the cave and then you hear the, the Pennywise yeah. voice and he comes out and he's doing this impression he's like remember when he used to walk like la, 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 yeah, la. Yeah. <laughs> that was, was like, great that was yeah. one of the best he's like what no one else remembers this shit but me ah whatever <laughs> fuck you guys I'll go yeah. fuck myself yeah. um, or just just him like doing his Jabba the Hutt impression yeah. or yeah. just I don't know he he always just had those fucking lines just when they're showing up to the Chinese restaurant, and he's like, man, you guys look great. What the fuck happened to me? Yeah, like, exactly. oh, Bill Hader is, is going to win tonight. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My mom, I was talking to my mom, like, the next day, and she, I was like, oh, you know, we saw It Chapter 2 last night, and I just love Bill Hader so much. And she's like, well, you know, I heard rumors that he's going to be nominated for an Academy Award. And I was like, huh. <laughs> I don't. Where'd you hear these rumors, yeah. Mom? <laughs> rumors like I don't really come out in September. Yeah. Yeah, she should uh, come to the Oscar party and yeah. see how well that <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I don't know about Academy. I know he's been nominated between Barry and between Documentary Now. I think mm-hmm. he's been nominated 23 times, or his projects have, for Emmys. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe she's getting her... Maybe. Wires, yeah. probably. Yeah, but he's definitely getting the accolades with those projects for, Barry, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. This one's more of the money grab, plus it's it's good to be in a movie that's going to make $91 million, okay. and you're going to be the best part yeah. in it. Yeah. I mean, Bill Hader doesn't really need much more momentum right now. I think no. pretty much he's one of those universally adored person, guys, yeah. so... Uh, but yeah, I thought I thought he was really good. I really honestly like James McAvoy. I thought oh, he yeah. was nice. I I told him I, once the cast was announced, I was like, I'm only going for James McAvoy and Bill Hader. I care about nothing else. <laughs> I was see you were talking about the underutilization of of Skarsgård, and your friend was talking about the underutilization of Bill Hader, which I actually think Bill Hader was had the perfect amount of screen time. Agreed. Oh, that was good. I yeah. thought that I was kind of underwhelmed by Jessica Chastain. I was too. I kind of was too. So why were you underwhelmed? Um, I know it's such a cop out answer, but just comparing it to the book. But but but, God but damn it! But I know. Sorry, but no. Like given what she's to, to work with here, she's such like a powerful character. Like she's so integral to their story, especially in regards to like coming back. And I just felt like it was just kind of rewriting 
little too much of what she went through when she was a kid. Yeah. yeah. As far as like a story and and See, everything like that. I feel like Bev in the first one was perfect. She was the best character in the yeah. first. She had more 100%. personality than, than what Jessica Chastain I, had in the That's second. what I'm saying. Like way it, more personality. Because she's the center of that team. Yeah, yeah everything exactly. revolves around yeah. her. She's supposed to be. And yeah. I didn't really and feel I, that in that. I agree. Well, I feel like the little girl. Well, she's probably not a little girl. She's probably like. 17, but the girl who played Bev in the first one. Yeah, she's sh- on Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's out here swiping left. Yeah. She was yeah. outstanding, but I uh-huh. feel like Jessica Chastain, I don't know if it was necessarily what they gave her or just how she portrayed the role. I kind of just felt like she was a wet blanket. Like, yeah. She, I, I was not captivated by her as much as I was the girl who played Bev in the first one. I agree. Absolutely. I agree. I mean, the scenes were fine, and yeah. it was, it was, it had its own. The the scares played the way that they probably yeah. should. I just, in general, back to my point of the adults are the adults being scared are less frightening than the kids being scared. But that scene with with Bev in the first one and with with the bathroom scene oh my and God, all that, that was, yeah, mm-hmm. terrible compared yep. to what happened in this one. Not as much, yeah. but. Yeah, I was, I was a little underwhelmed by her, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you in, in the, the Bill Hader piece as well. A couple things that also rubbed me the wrong way, and I know I'm railing on this movie. I didn't have a terrible time. Yeah. I was just, again, I was, I went in with probably too high expectations, but, and I really liked the first one, and I wanted this one because the, the second part of the miniseries sucked, and I wanted this to redeem that, and I don't feel it did necessarily. But I thought that a couple things were lame fucking the, the bully coming back and then being driven around by the ghost of that fucking his buddy that was stupid I thought it was pretty stupid <laughs> too. and he doesn't fucking do anything he breaks out of prison right That's that, that scare was probably the lamest scare the, the fucking dude falling down and him getting out of prison the, the, yeah. the big guard getting his yeah. and then, so like that was fucking lame and then when he just shows up like stabs someone in the face then he gets stabbed yeah. and then the next scene gets like his fucking head beat in. And it's yeah. like, dude, for a two hour and 45 minutes, you could have trimmed that motherfucker out of here and we could have saved uh, an extra half hour. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe 15 minutes or so. I don't know. I thought he was lame. What'd you guys think? I kind of liked it. I, I liked the actor that, that played the older version of the bully. I thought he was like good at being like loony. Without being, I don't think it was too cartoonish. I really. did like the, the mullet line. The mullet yeah. line was great. That was very funny. That was, a, I, that was a great Eddie Casper line to yeah. do as well, to make fun of his fucking mullet. Oh, yeah. yeah. What I thought was just cartoonish was the fact that he was being driven around by a zombie. I was like, this is, this yeah. is dumb. So stupid. So yeah. blame Stephen King for that one, then. Speaking okay. of another thing I had a problem with, Stephen King showing up and trying to be fucking Stan Lee. Oh, I liked his I liked his. Cameo. Maybe it's because we've seen Stan Lee show up in every fucking cameo, yeah. and it's like, so... so Superheroes have taken over the world, taken over movies, especially Marvel. That was a thing that Marvel's doing. This is reinventing a another thing that's been happening is remakes or sequel town. And then so to take like an element of <laughs> the superhero stuff and put it in a remake, it was just too much for me. Yeah. And it also wasn't funny. They, at least the audience I was in, no one was like laughing the same way that people do when Stan Lee shows up. It was like, oh, this. I only laughed. I don't know what Stephen King fucking looks yeah, like. Yeah, they probably didn't realize yeah. it was Stephen King. I was like, this is fucking dumb. That he made fun of himself because it, what a common criticism of Stephen King is that he doesn't know how to write an ending. Yeah, so that his ending sucked, which yeah. is obviously written into the movie talking about uh, James McAvoy's character. Yeah. Uh, like earlier in the, in the movie when we were catching up with him, that like, Rewrite the ending. The ending sucks, mm-hmm. and then it just re- it was it was a little it was a, extra it was meta. Yeah. that Stephen King also said that about yeah. himself yeah. to a writing character. 
fart noise. I, <laughs> I thought it was stupid. So those are things that could have just, for me, I could have just done without. I mean, it, it could easily not be in the movie, but I appreciate that it was in the movie. I think this. I think this project overall. Obviously, they want to make a, mu- a bunch of money, and they know they're going to make a bunch of money. For and, sure, and it, it definitely has its its fan base at this point. But I, I also think it's aware that this is going to be a partnered watch in the future. I think it True. knows that it's going to be a Halloween movie watch, and so they're also yeah, kind of keeping that in mind that these are always going to be joined together, and so the runtime doesn't, I guess, isn't necessarily all that important because. It's a full experience. It's going to be an experience that people are going to sit down tonight. They're going to carve a pumpkin and they're going to fucking watch both these movies in the background. And, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, here comes that spooky scene. So they try to load it up with jump scares, spooky stuff, fun stuff, you know, I yeah. guess. Yeah, this one especially felt very blockbustery to me. Like you were saying, like, this movie definitely felt very self aware, obviously, with the cameo in there as well. There's also another cameo. And, and again, this, this this went probably went over most people's heads, but like the director Andy Machete is in it. Oh, really? Who is he? Uh, he's in the background of this when, when Eddie has his. Uh, he goes back to the pharmacy and he flashes back to being a kid. There's one person in the background, like over his right shoulder, and it's Andy Machete. He's like kind of looking at him too. He's like, just kind of like standing there, like he look, looks like a just overacting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, probably what he yells at all his actors for doing. Right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. One thing we asked, me and you talked about, because your birthday, by the way, happy belated birthday. Thank you. Your birthday, I was at your birthday party, and I said, how do you think they're going to handle the monster in this one? Because the claymation yeah, version. It's it notoriously was, it, bad. Yeah. It's it, so bad. it looks like a scorpion spider type of thing. But So they, they kind of went the other way where they kept Pennywise, basically the top half of his torso and his face on top of the, the spider body or the scorpion body. What did you think of that? I didn't hate it. There's a lot of different ways they could have gone with it. Because obviously, like you said, miniseries, notoriously bad. It's supposed to be, it's a spider. Uh, it's supposed to be a spider in the book? Well, in the book, it's a, it's whatever you think it would be. Like, it's like in the, kind of like Eye of the Beholder sort, sort of thing. But they all kind of assume it's like a spider. So they just went with it in the miniseries. Uh. But I'm okay with it. Like, they're also kind of like just give, trying to give you more Pennywise, more Pennywise. So to honor the spider aspect of it, but still give you Pennywise, I think on paper I would have been like, that sounds fucking dumb. But I was okay with it in the movie. Well, wasn't Jacob saying that be, it's it's like an unearthly being? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's not of Earth. So it's it's like a celestial being, and it's how your mind thinks yeah. of it. Yeah. It's almost like in Ghostbusters when it's clear your mind don't think of anything and then Dan Aykroyd thinks of the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man yes. yeah that's exactly what exactly. it is uh, yeah. what came first Goose uh, this I almost said Goosebumps <laughs> <laughs> what came first Ghostbusters or It yeah when did It uh, Ghostbusters because oh. it, it came it was released in 86 I but the, what about the, the book was released in 86 yes and the movie was released uh, and then Ghostbusters is what like 83 so okay so like it's actually Stephen King swinging on Ghostbusters that's yes. right on old Harold Ramis himself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I, you know what I did like in this one was that the the floating lights didn't exist in the mouth necessarily, but they were actually behind him and yes. mm-hmm. kind of flowed through the top yeah. of his head. That was he cool. Up. I thought I that was a, a cool. I don't remember though. the deadlights from the first movie. And then, like when you and Jacob were talking about the deadlights, I was like, they were what inside the, 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 the mouth of. It, it's when. From chapter one, when when she's kind of floating in the air there, and he, and he opens his mouth up super wide, and she looks right into his mouth, and it's like the floating lights. Oh. Right. 
So speaking of, and I know I was talking to you guys a little bit about this before we hit record, but so I saw this movie, it just by happenstance, I saw it in a Dolby theater. So what that means is it's it's a it's a kind of more of a sonic type space and it has the reclining seats and everything, but the speakers are much bigger, but it's just way more of an audio are presence. Are the speakers like in your seat? No. The speakers oh, okay. are basically elongated down the entire Got length it. of the theater wall. That's about us. So yeah. they were real big. It was, think about like concert types the uh, yeah. speakers, but gotcha. they're in a movie theater and the, the space is kind of made to amplify sound. So I don't know how many theaters have this, but at least the one that I went to did. But I just wanted to see the 645 show. So I just happened. Because <laughs> it was like, that was the time that I wanted to see it at. So I went to the Dolby Sound, but it actually, the, it was really impactful. The moment, it was, I think it was one of my favorite movie, uh, favorite moments of the movie was Richie throws the rock at Pennywise and he kind of does the yippee ki motherfucker. And like right as he's saying yippee ki boom, like it, the, the deadlights rock him and he just goes straight limp. Yeah. And it was the way that, that that sound reverberated through the theater was just like, whoa, like I felt like I got yeah. fucking rocked <laughs> by the deadlights. So uh, I, I really I really actually enjoyed this experience a lot by being in that Dolby Theater. But yeah. Yeah, did you guys have that same... No, we saw this at the Logan Theater. Yeah, which is so a, it was like an old theater. A really shitty theater, yeah. 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 It just has like, a simple uh, aisle down the yeah, way, and then like no, six seats and six seats. No for elevation, like, so yeah. I like we. So we went with our good friends Daniel, Jacob, and Brittany, and Jacob is probably about your height. Yeah, about my height. and he was which is right over as, six feet tall. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the people who can't see us. Yes, right now. Bob is six four, so Jacob is probably about six three, six four as well. And I was sitting behind Jacob. And because there's no elevation in the theater, I was, like, leaned over for half the movie. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we had no extra special experience. But we did see the Avengers in one of those theaters where the seats move. <laughs> yeah, so this wasn't – the seats didn't <laughs> yeah. vibrate or I didn't get uh, pulses in my back yeah. or anything during some of the moments. But it was just the, the sound was was better, I guess, yeah. or, and louder. So, a movie like a horror movie, sound is really important. Oh, for sure. Super. And we've talked about this a few times with the horror or stuff. Or the lack of sound, like in A Quiet Place. Yes, you're right, yes. And we talked about it with just, just sound and senses are, are heightened oh, when it comes sure. to, and they really play on that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So, flashes of light, loud sounds, a lot of that stuff that kind of gets you uncomfortable. Yeah. They, they really maximize that stuff sure. in a horror film. So to be in a, a sound theater for it, actually, I, I'd give it a recommend it if, yeah. you, if you have one around you. It, it definitely provided another element. To Try to find one for the next horror movie I want to see in theaters, for sure. Mm-hmm. I want to get extra scared in theaters. I'm all about that. When was the last time you got fucking scared? For all the shit you've seen, when was the last time you've been scared? When we saw Hereditary. Yeah. That, that movie was... is scary as fucking shit. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah, well, it's okay. We found a beer for the podcast. Uh, and, uh, buckle up, girl. It'll happen buckle at some up. point. So we saw Midsummer this summer. and Put a pin in that because okay. when it comes on streaming, I want to have you guys back okay, on. Because okay, okay. I've also seen it too and I have a lot of thoughts, but okay. I want to wait for it to come on. Got it. Right. Okay. So I'll, I'll save my that. thoughts then. So okay. to, to bring it back to a question I asked earlier, best comic relief of a, of a tense movie that you guys can think of or just just a first one it doesn't even need to be all that great but just any any thoughts off the top of your head about just some comic relief I loved Steve Buscemi in yeah. Armageddon so for whatever reason my mind keeps going back to Forrest Gump 
And I don't know why. And I think it's so is Forrest the comic relief? Yeah, who, who would be the comic relief? <laughs> I don't know. Is it Bubba during war? I don't, I truly, I don't know. But like, it's the only thing I can think of. The first rated R movie I saw was True Lies with... Okay, so Tom Arnold Tom is Connor Lee. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, he pees a, when, when she uses her lipstick to pretend it's a gun and he pees himself. No, that's... Okay, so that's yeah. not... It's actually Bill Paxton. So he's also Connor Oh, oh that's yeah. right! Tom Arnold is, is is Arnold's sidekick. It's called ice and it gets a little slick. Yes, okay, Tom so Arnold. it's with... Okay, so it's But Bill Paxton she... is the loser trying to be a pretend spy and yes. he pees himself. Yes, yes. He's, so it's okay. two Connor Lee. So that's probably the one... That's... Yeah, because... True Lies was the first rated R movie I ever saw. Okay. So it's probably that one. Hmm. I'm kind of toggling between two, but I had to go with my gut. And even though this is like kind of a kid's movie that is sort of a, a comedy movie in general, Corey Feldman as, uh, what, what was his name? Uh, in, in The Goonies. In The Mouth. Goonies, yeah. yeah Mouth. Well, yeah. There that's we go. perfect. Yeah, that's yeah. a great comic yeah. There's definitely yeah. 10 scenes in there with the Fratellis, and he's like the one that's like talking shit the whole time. You're like, get shut the I'm, fuck up. No. Yeah. Chunk, Chunk. Chunk, Chunk, Chunk. Yeah, Chunk is When Chunk sure. is like about to get his hand blended in a blender, he talks about how he threw up all over. It's <laughs> the best part of the whole yeah. movie. Yeah. Made fake throw-up noises over a movie theater. Yeah, but, but Mouth gets them into so much trouble because of his mouth. Yeah. yeah. That's why it's his nickname. True. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I just other ones that I can think of. Um, uh, the dad in Independence Day. Oh, Judd, Randy Quaid. Oh, no, Judd Hirsch. Well, Jeff Goldblum's dad. Oh, Jeff Goldblum's dad. Yeah, of course. I, I wish I would have known. I would have put. I would have put on something. Look, I mean, the president. <laughs> I look like Russell Neal. Although Randy Quaid with his, I'm a pilot. Yeah, I'm a pilot. I can fly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, oh, about 15 years ago, I was abducted by aliens, and I've been waiting for my revenge ever since. <laughs> like, Jesus, man. Yeah. 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 I'm a pilot. Some good, some good comic I relief. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, before we get into final thoughts, this movie made $91 million at the box office. Really? Next closest movie, Angel Has Fallen, $6 million. <laughs> After that, Good Boys, the Seth Rogen produced uh, Little yeah. Kids, super bad movie. That made five point five. And then Lion Jeez. King hanging in there at four point three. That's, <laughs> that's that's those are the mo- those are the in millions how much is made. So the next closest one was six to ninety one million. Wait, this weekend or opening in general? Last weekend. Oh okay. Yeah. No, Lion okay. King made more than four point three. I heard it was bad, but I didn't realize it was that bad. <laughs> well, well, great. Um, thank you guys again for coming on. Tis the season. It yes. is fall. The football yes. is back. Woo. Horror movies are yes. coming back. All so. About it. Yeah, uh, Midsummer's going to come on stream pretty soon. I'd love to have a give it a stream with yeah. you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget, guys, to like and subscribe to the analysis. Please give a little rating if, if you're on an app that gives ratings. Give us a little review. Give us some feedback. We always love to hear from you. And while you're at it, fucking head on over to Hops and Fears. Bang a like over there unless you're Woo. scared. Yeah. Better not be bitch. Yeah. So it's hops ampersand fears. Exactly. Yes. And give them a like and a, and a follow as well. And thank you, first timer Kathleen, for coming on the show. Yeah. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah. And thank you, Bobby Peterson, you sick bastard. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you, all of our listeners. Have a good, safe, happy fall, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye! Bye! Bye.